Springfield, Missouri has an estimated population of 167,376 people. <laughs> Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammond's Hammond Student Tower? I did it again. <laughs> You're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. I'm Andy Carr. And I'm Dan Howell here from the Hammond Student Center Tower. <laughs> Dan, I liked your fact today. It kind of ties in with something we're going to talk about here at the beginning. Oh, that's odd you asked me to do that fact (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) listeners we have a call to action for you we have been pretty surprised at how many people are interested in this show how many listeners we're getting each week i'm not going to say how many let's just say that it's a lot more than we expected (laughs) more people than you know probably yeah so we would kind of like to spread the word about the show so what we're going to ask you to do is after about a minute after we talk about this We're going to have you press pause and just share this show with somebody on social media, in person. Just tell somebody about the show if you think they'd be interested, if they like trying new restaurants in Springfield, that kind of thing. And we have a goal. (laughs) We want to have our listenership be 1% of the population of Springfield. I I don't think that's unreasonable. 1%. I don't think it's unreasonable. I think 1% of Springfield deserves to listen to our show. <laughs> and only 1%. <laughs> because they're bad. They deserve a punishment. 1% of Springfield is 1,673.76 people. So 1,673 people. We're not going to let this rest until we have that number. So hit pause. Share it with somebody. Come back. Okay, welcome back to the show. Let's get into our restaurant. Dan, where did we eat this week? I'm actually already seeing our listenership going up that three-fourths of a person, (laughs) that .76. That's very interesting. Andy, this week we ate at Taylor's Drive-In or Taylor's Old Fashioned Hamburgers, depending on where you looked it up. Well, I got to spoil something here, Dan. It's Taylor's Drive-In. Oh, okay. I did a little deductive reasoning here. It's Taylor's Drive-In. If you go look at the sign, it says Taylor's on the top. That's the top half of the sign. It's white. And the bottom half is a different color, and it's even sort of the plastic sticks out, and it says old-fashioned steak burgers. Now, I believe Taylor's is a shortened version of the title Taylor's Drive-In, and the bottom advertises the product rather than being an extension of the title, which is the top half. All right. We're already learning something. Yes. I learned a lot about Taylor's. I did lots of newsletter archive combing to put our bio section together, which we'll get to in just a second. And every single article I found referred to it as Taylor's Drive-In. So I think we can put that to bed. I think I'm still going to refer to it uh, as Taylor's Old Fashioned Hamburgers, fine, fine. not even Steak Burgers like it says on the sign, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you can make up your own third alternate title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into our biography segment. Strap in, guys. We got a long one that special one and jump into your candy-colored custom or your screaming machine, cruise downtown and catch American Graffiti. American Graffiti. Baby, what's that? It's a movie. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Go back in time. Where were you in 62? Is that you in that beautiful car? Jeez, what a waste of machinery. American Graffiti. The 1973 movie directed by an obscure, mostly experimental filmmaker named George Lucas is set on the last day of summer vacation in 1962. 
as a group of college-bound freshmen cruise their sleepy burg looking for excitement. The central location of the town and the movie is Mel's Drive-In, a local franchise of a real-life Burgers and Shakes greasy spoon chain. If you've seen the movie, it might give you some idea of what Springfield's Taylor's Drive-In was allegedly like in its early days. A car service diner bustling with life on a weekend night, packed with kids looking for fun, engines rumbling, boys boasting and girls preening, hustling car hops delivering 25-cent shakes and burgers by the dozen. Yep, if the old newspaper reporting was accurate, Taylor's in Springfield probably was something like an analog to the West Coast's Mel's. In fact, the two establishments were founded the same year, 1947. However, some might be surprised to hear that Taylor's is actually kind of a stealth franchise, an offshoot of Winstead's Steak Burgers, the iconic Kansas City diner chain. Taylor's was originally opened by brothers Rob and Hob Taylor and their wives June and Ruth. June's maiden name was Winstead. June's aunts had started the Kansas City chain together four years earlier. In fact, June and her husband had managed one of its locations specifically to learn the ropes of running a diner before moving down to Springfield. The new restaurant took the Taylor family name, but kept the secret Winstead recipes. The Taylors held on to those secrets for a long time, running their Central Springfield burger joint for a solid 28 years, from its American graffiti phase clear on through to its dazed and confused phase. Bob had another career on the side, as a high school teacher and basketball coach. However, he retired from burgers, ball, and building young brains all at once in 1976, at the ripe old age of 61, selling his family's namesake eatery to a younger couple. There is hardly any information available about this younger couple, and they didn't own Taylor's Long, only until 1978, when they sold it to Jack and Darlene Collins, who had moved to Springfield from Iowa specifically to buy and run a restaurant. The Collins family still owns Taylor's today, some 40 years later. The only major change to the restaurant in that time was the addition of a fryer and french fries. Yes, Taylor's Drive-In did not serve french fries for its first 31 years of existence. I don't understand how that is even possible. I cannot conceive of a burger without fries. It's like trying to wrap your mind around the concept of antimatter. It doesn't exist, but it does, but it doesn't? The burger-fry combination is like one of those sweet, inseparable old couples who never leave each other's side, have never not been together. One of those couples who die within weeks of each other. Darlene and Jack Collins were not one of those couples, at least not according to that last criteria. Jack passed away in the early 2000s, but Darlene continued running Taylor's on her own, converting it to a lunch-only operation, but keeping the Taylor's traditions of grinding meat fresh daily and using only real ice cream in their shakes and floats. None of that soft-serve garbage. Taylor's Drive-In celebrated its 70th anniversary in 2017, almost 40 of those years under the auspices of the Collins family. Regardless your feelings about the food at Taylor's, you have to admit, 40 years is quite an accomplishment. Alright, am I really going to do this? Okay, here we go. Little ditty that Jack and Dolly 
two American kids serving up patties so lean. Jackie's in the back, fried onions in the mud. Darlene's out front dishing up, shakes at the bar. At Taylor's, you see. But you can have a steak, burger, and fries if you come before three. Jackie said, Hey, darling, let's run off down to Missouri. Forget Iowa for the rest of these 1970s. Oh, yeah! Diners go on. Long after the thrill of dining is gone. Of the griddle is gone. Let it melt, let it bubble. Come and get a cheese slice, lettuce, tomato. Oh, not to manage as long as you can. Spring food coming real soon, yeah, that's anything. Got Jack and Darlene, two American kids running Taylor's job here. <laughs> had a busy week. <laughs> I don't think the podcast needs to go on anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think we might be done. We've peaked. <laughs> or is this the low point? I can't decide. I think Andrew Cougar Carr is <laughs> definitely the high point of our podcast. So, do you have any reactions to the bio aside from the song? More than anything, I am a little sad at how much loving work you put into this, given my actual reaction to yeah. the restaurant's current state. We'll get into we'll that. Get into. We'll get into that. I got to tell you, researching this one was a little bit sobering. It's kind of strange finding the obituaries of the original owners from the 90s, <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah, it's kind of sad. I just... People die. <laughs> <laughs> life, life does not, in fact, go on forever. That's a common theme here on the Spring Food Mo. <laughs> I mean, for other people, not for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, clearly, Andy's immortal. <laughs> so, had you, had you been to Taylor's before this trip? I'd been to Taylor's one time before, I believe, with our aforementioned youth pastor oh. that taught us both how to talk the same. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, JQH. Yeah, <laughs> JQH, John Q. Hammonds, our old yeah. pastor. Um, I, I didn't have much of a memory of that previous experience, just beyond remembering that I had been there. But I certainly didn't remember any of the uh, quirky rules of right. the uh, <laughs> Taylor's Drive-In. My prior experiences had been exactly the same, except it wasn't with the youth pastor. It was with a coworker that I used to meet for lunch. I had almost no memory except for the room, which I just remembered being old. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's about where it extends for me, too. So let's get into our experiences this week at Taylor's Drive-In. Let's do it. I consulted the Google menu, which maybe was not the best idea. The trouble I had was more in not them not listing the full menu, but not going deep enough into that menu, which yes. I'll get to. It's a pretty bare bones menu. Mm -hmm. Single steak burger. It's kind of their thing. Double steak burger. Triple steak burger, super steak burger, 
Those are your first four options. Did they put a cape on the Super One? I don't. I have no clue what the Super One it's is. A napkin. They tie a napkin <laughs> around to make it look like a cape. <laughs> well, then you get all those same four options, but with ham. Oh. Everything on the menu seemed to have a ham option as well. Wait, did the tailors misunderstand? What a hamburger is? Well, I you know, I've had a hamburguesa before, which is just a hamburger with a slice of ham on it. Yeah. So maybe it comes from the same tradition, but it, it was very, very strange. There was also just a ham plate that you could order, which... Mm. <laughs> That's just slices of <laughs> deli meat. The ham basket served hot or cold. Hot ham. Is, the cold ham basket just sounds very <laughs> unappealing to me. But one thing that Google did not get into was the list of toppings available. Oh. I called in, as I am want to do. I was alone that day. I had the day off for Columbus Day, the horrible, horrible yep. holiday the worst that of I the just holidays. happened to get a paid holiday for. So I don't acknowledge it. I acknowledged it only in the fact that I didn't have to work <laughs> on a Monday. But my lovely girlfriend was working, so I was flying solo dolo. that's not a thing (laughs) it is ask travis scott so i'm calling in first of all just to make sure that they're open because it is columbus day i know that they have kind of strange hours there the 11 to 2 i believe it's two but i said three in the song to make it rhyme oh sure (laughs) (laughs) they should they're probably gonna have to change it to three now based on the demand from Uh the song i decided on the double steak burger basket just a pretty standard order and if I'm talking steak burger, you know I'm talking onion rings. Oh, yeah. Wait, I love I, onion rings. I said, oh, yeah, like that's like I agreed. I, I didn't get onion rings. I don't see how you can not go to like a diner place and order onion rings. I just love onion rings in general, even though I would say about 80% of the time they're just flat out bad. <laughs> like really, there's not many places that have the onion ring down. So Dan Howell is a man that likes to live dangerously, at <laughs> yeah. least when it comes to O-rings. <laughs> yes. I didn't have to exercise my D-dict oh, this week, thank thankfully. Goodness. I mean, I guess they're all Taylor's Old Fashioned Steak so Burgers, which is the name of the restaurant, uh, <laughs> as yeah. it will be known. Sure. Got my order locked and loaded. Phone voice ready. I'm a seasoned caller inner. I make a lot of call-ins. <laughs> we got it we got it you know how to make a phone call way to go buddy <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at it is all i'm saying i'm actually not i admire i i am making fun but i feel like i'm terrible at phone yeah calls. I, re- I really try so and I prepare myself i call in boom someone answers they're open that's, that's, question one yeah. answered done columbus day has not hindered this place good on him then i lay my classic line on him hi can I call in an order to pick up? <laughs> that's so good, man. Yeah, I know. That's, I can hear it. You can, you're very good. I on the say phone. that I at the tell. beginning of every call in order. I just want to set the table. Maybe they don't take call in <laughs> orders. I don't know. This place has a lot of weird rules. They respond in the affirmative. Not sure exactly what they said, but everything's still on track and looking good. They ask what I'd like. I say I'll have the double steak burger basket with onion rings. To which they respond, and here's the first kind of red flag here. What do you want on your burger? (laughs) Now, this place has been open for a long time, as you said. Yeah. I've placed a lot of call-in orders before. That's not the proper way of asking what you'd like on your burger. The proper way is to list the ingredients that come on it and ask if those are okay. Right. That's not what they did, Andy. 
I suspect that this could be because they're used to regular customers at this point. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That does make sense. I was just, I had to scramble. They should have known an unfamiliar voice. You're right. It's their fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I say every, I'm fine with everything, which I don't know what everything is, but uh -huh. I say I'm fine with everything. And then I kind of just try to list off what I think everything would be. Lettuce, tomato, onions, pickles, ketchup, mustard. I'm leaving off mayo, which I normally like, but I just kind of miss it there in the moment. They also asked if I wanted cheese, which is good. It would have been a large mistake had I missed the cheese. Then hit me with another doozy, if oh you boy. will. They asked for my drink order, but they didn't ask for my drink order. They asked Dr. Pepper. <laughs> which is insane <laughs> so maybe they did think you were regular i can't imagine eating a steak burger with any other drink maybe a nice ice coca-cola but you must have a dr pepper voice i feel like it's maybe just the most popular drink order i would just think that an establishment this <laughs> seasoned would have a better call in i mean i'm good at calling in the order they should be good at calling taking my order you know okay. what i'm saying and let me get some so, more shrimp so selling than Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so they asked when I'd be there. I said 10. Got there in 10. High noon. When I went, I dined in because that's what I do. I love to be served. Yeah, like a freak. Mm -hmm. Big freak show. <laughs> One man freak show. Bring your nickels. I don't know. <laughs> Throw nickels at him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Walked in about noon to find a bored, disinterested staff. <laughs> It's an old building with a lot of character on the outside, but kind of in a bland way, like a small town pool hall or an Elks Lodge with neglected wood paneling. <laughs> there's a semi-open kitchen. Behind the bar, there's this rectangular opening, maybe three feet high, six feet across, that looks in on the griddle area. The kitchen. <laughs> the, <laughs> the woman <griddle> <laughs> who would eventually be my server was standing behind the bar with her arms crossed, just staring off into space. The best part, though, was a cook had his arms up over the sides of that kitchen opening and his hands on top of each other and his chin was resting on his hands. I think that was 100% the same <laughs> scene that I walked into. They looked so bored. <laughs> and it was so funny. It was so totally fine by me. Like, no points docked at all. <laughs> Loved it. The entire atmosphere was just borderline surreal. There was no music. There was yeah. no one talking, even though there was... 12 other customers, something like that, seated and eating. The prevalent sound in the room was the heavy hum of an air conditioning unit, occasionally supplemented by a clank from the kitchen. The best part of the relative silence was when somebody ordered and then a minute later you, you could hear the burgers hit the grill and sizzle. Loved that. That is nice. It's like a symphony or like church or just everyone listening to it at the same time is perfect kind of, or like perfectly weird at least. I'm ready to get into my food, if you are. I started off with a salad. Did you get a salad? No, I just went straight steak, burger, fries. I ordered a house salad with what was described on the menu as house-made blue cheese dressing. The salad turned out to be pre-made. It was room temp, had not been refrigerated, at least not for a little while. I watched the server pull plastic wrap off the top of the salad before bringing it to the table. That's good. That's what you want. <laughs> the greens were a little wilty. It was definitely a bag salad. The blue cheese dressing did not taste like blue cheese <laughs> at all. It was like runnier ranch and mayo. Tasted a little bit like mayo. There were no crumbles in it, which is kind of the hallmark of blue cheese dressing is blue cheese crumbles. 
I don't think there's any cheese in that dressing. <laughs> you think you just got ranch and mayo mixed together? I don't know what it was, but I would be <laughs> shocked to learn that there was actually blue cheese in the dressing. It was not a great salad. I think I ate it anyway because I was really hungry. Tell me about your fries before we get into our burgers. As I mentioned, I went with the onion rings, but yeah. um, one part I left out in my ordering process was they asked me if I would only like onion rings, if, if I would like them in place of the fries. I went for both. Good man. The fries were really bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> really, okay. really bad. Whenever I arrived, it was high noon. The streets were clearing out for duels at the time. So you were wearing a, a poncho. Little, yeah, there was a tumbleweed blowing. There was nobody in the restaurant besides the staff. Uh, there was actually one couple there. And I approached the counter to grab my order with my platinum card in hand. Um, <laughs> I can't, can't remember if I had the platinum card or just the solid jet black card. Right. Either way, I'm getting lots of points. They do not accept cards, as nope. you probably already know. She responded whenever I <laughs> approached her. I don't take credit cards with my machine. <laughs> interesting phrasing i did have to jaunt to the come and go real quickly and hit an atm come back with some cash maybe the fries could have to do with the slight delay that i had in sure. getting my food i do live very close to taylor's so i got them home real quickly but i cannot imagine those fries had ever been <laughs> in a state of goodness buddy i hope our friendship can survive this but i really like the fries now, mine were <laughs> he backed away from his seat. He's taking off his headphones and he's walking out of the building. <laughs> I thought the fries tasted great. And this is my big issue with your takeout ritual. Some items, not all items, but some items have to be eaten fresh. And I think fries are one of those, especially thin cut fries like these. I think that the thinner they are, the less time they're going to spend warm. Yeah, like a steak and shake fry that has about 60 seconds of yes. edibility. Steak and Shake is the closest analog to Taylor's that we have, which I'll get into yes. later. I thought the fries were great. They were thin cut, lightly seasoned. They were definitely fresh cut in-house, not frozen. Fries were the highlight of my meal. Highlight of the meal. Really? Yeah. Really enjoyed them. They, they were definitely the low light of my meal. They were, were they cold? They were so cold, but had they not been that cold, they still wouldn't have been good. Man, I got to disagree with you on this one. I think they're pretty solid. Well, good thing you've got the doors locked here in the Hammond's <laughs> Studio Tower. The Hammond's Student Tower. <laughs> Hammond's Tower Studios. <laughs> we'll get it straight someday. <laughs> or maybe not. Let's get into our burgers, Dan. I'm going to go first. My entree was a classic double steak burger with cheese, lettuce, tomato, and grilled onions. It tasted absolutely fine. Nothing extraordinary. It tasted cheap. A lowercase b burger with thin pressed patties made from cheap low-grade beef topped with cheap American cheese, a mostly pink tomato slice, and some almost wilty lettuce. And the onions were good. And it was uh, served on a cheap wet bread bun. Are you noticing a theme here? Uh, the double steak burger with cheese was edible and enjoyable insofar as much as it was still cooked beef and cheese on bread. Actually, the further I got into the burger, the more I liked it. A couple bites in the middle had a nice mix of, you know, like beef grease and cheese. They blended together really nicely. Even though the beef was clearly low grade, it was still just the right amount of cooked. It was, a, you know, one of those thin kind of crispy patties. The other components were basically obligatory, and I can't ignore that. How'd you feel about your burger? I think my highlight was the thin crispy patty. Didn't mind the nice cheap American cheese. 
the part I take umbrage with on this burger, the onions that you mentioned, uh-huh. which you seem to have no problem with. They're grilled. Fine. Mine was not grilled. Oh. It was not a grilled onion. Well, if you didn't order them grilled, operator error, my friend. So I, I didn't realize that that was an option. This was a full slice of white onion. So not like rings of a white onion but sliced through so you get to the very tiniest rings in the middle just laid atop my patty. I had easily as much onion as I did burger. That is unreal. I've never heard of such a thing. It wasn't enough to where I had to take the full middle chunk out of it. It was almost inedible. Beyond that, no sauce. Just the tiniest dollop of mustard and ketchup. It looked like the center part of a bullseye Uh on my white bread. I need that burger sauced. You're a saucy boy. I'm a saucy boy. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to save that for a drop later. Now, (laughs) the onion rings, which I didn't get into, they were good. Very greasy. Very fresh, too, which was part of what is making me judge the fries so poorly because of how fresh and still hot the onion rings were whenever I got them home and how cold and unappetizing the fries were. The onion rings must just retain heat better than the fries do because the fries are so thin. I feel like that makes them not retain heat as well. I wouldn't put these anywhere near like my top 10 onion rings. They definitely have their own quality to them. I sent you a picture of them to which you responded, what are those? As you (laughs) say to kids (laughs) with new sneakers at your school. I think it said... What's that thing on the right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're very confusing, um, very craggly. Yeah. Like, definitely the only onion rings of this ilk I've ever seen. That's pretty much my experience with the food. Do you have anything else to get into? I've said my piece about my experience eating there. I did not mind the food. It was fine. Here's my main complaint. Had this burger cost like $4, this would have been a satisfying experience. But my meal wound up costing like 10 or $12 yeah, with a salad too. and no drink. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a drink. And that's about the price of a premium burger at Black Sheep. And Taylor's is several levels below that in quality. Again, it's not that it was an outright bad burger. It was a mediocre burger, which is not bad. Sometimes I even crave that, just kind of the cheap burger taste. I probably would have come away raving or been slightly more praising if not raving had the meal not cost over twice the price of an equivalent meal at steak and shake yes sir and not tasted even close to as good seriously the exact same meal at steak and shake would have cost six or seven dollars tops i'm happy i visited taylor's to experience the place as a piece of history and even more so for the sheer novelty of the bizarre quiet bored (laughs) ambiance however taylor's made me wish i was at a steak and shake and that's a big problem if one restaurant makes you wish you were at another <laughs> especially if that restaurant is steak and shake uh-huh. and it was like a mile away and cheaper and was actually more on my way to where i was going than taylor's was not that that's taylor's fault uh you know honestly i would lump this in with the things that are taylor's fault that they weren't on your <laughs> way where you were going they should have put their location in a spot more convenient for me <laughs> yeah absolutely i i wholeheartedly agree with you i i think if taylor's had better hours if they were open late like a steak and shake i mm-hmm. would visit them over a steak and shake even though my experience with this particular burger was pretty poor if they took cards 
Yeah. <laughs> um, there, uh, there's so many things that they can change. It, it's it's one thing to have short hours, have limited payment methods, have a very limited menu. If the burger or the food is just going to be out of this world, like the quality was not there for me. Yeah. I I wish it had been. I was very excited to eat at Taylor's because it's just one of those kind of novelty spots of, of which we have very few here mm-hmm. in Springfield. But overall, I, I was pretty disappointed. I do have some fun facts about Taylor's before we get into our ratings. First of all, when they opened, you could get a burger and a shake for a quarter. That's more like it. <laughs> <laughs> this was 1947, mind you, but still, that's pretty pretty cool. And then later on in the 70s, you could get a burger, fries, and a drink for 99 cents. I found an ad for that that I will put on our Instagram at some point. The, an actual old newsletter ad that Taylor's had taken out advertising that 99 cent special. If I could have gotten out of there for less than $8, I think that would change my review a lot. Mm -hmm. Also, we've talked a little bit about their location. That is where they've been since the beginning. And when they opened, that area was much more of a thoroughfare. There were some retail areas around there, but they had since been knocked down and turned into office space. And there was an article in the newsletter about that when it happened. It was maybe two decades ago or something like that. And they interviewed the owners, Jack and Darlene. (laughs) <laughs> I'm surprised it took you so long to come up with their names. You spent a lot of time with I them. I did indeed. And they talked about how their business had gone down by about 25% oh, really? and their clientele changed because it used to be families during the day and then like high school, college kids at night because they are located pretty close to the colleges. Sure. And now I think it's just people who have been going there forever and dum-dums who have podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so should we get into our ratings? Uh, yeah, I think I'm ready. You go first, Dan. I have a feeling I'm going to be a little more positive than you, then, so you go ahead. Andy, you're right. I did not like Taylor's as much as you. I thought the fries weren't very good. I thought the burger wasn't particularly good, and the onion rings were just all right. I was happy that she read my mind uh, with my Dr. <laughs> Pepper order, but even that had a little too much ice in it. Maybe that's why she charged you extra. You got the mind reading... The psychic, the psychic service. Hey, you know, if if we could corroborate that, then I would give them a little boost. They don't publicize that. Actually, maybe I look at the fine print of that ninety nine cent <laughs> ad. <laughs> Ten dollar psychic readings. Your burger was actually ninety nine cents, but the psychic reading that told her that she wanted a Dr Pepper over the phone. That actually cost $10. If my burger was ninety nine cents, this place is easily a four, four and a half. However. However, Andrew, however, however, how ever <laughs> the burger was not 99 cents. And despite how great your song was about them, I'm going to have to go slightly higher than Ziggy's mm-hmm. one and a half old drive-ins. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very creative. Yeah. Fine. Old drive-ins. So. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so bad (laughs) how many old drive-ins am i going to give it let's see well i'm really glad that i went as an experience kind of sitting there living the history as it were i would give that four stars but as a place to actually eat and that is our primary concern when it comes to ratings i gotta go with 2.5 dan just not very high quality food even though i had two or three bites during the middle of the burger that i enjoyed and i liked the fries price point 
just not great. And I'm not going to go back. I'm not going back to Taylor's, though. I love the history. I think it's really fascinating. Uh, I just wish that food was better. Yeah, it's very similar to the Shrine Mosque, which it's located next to, which we talked about in last week's episode. Uh A lot of history, a good amount of kind of kitsch to Uh it. But overall, just just bad. Weird sound. (laughs) (laughs) Weird sound. (laughs) So that's Taylor's drive in. Worth going to once for the experience, but that's about it, unfortunately. I wanted to love it, but I didn't. Yeah, I say don't go, but, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, Dan, I got a question for you. What you eating? What you, what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you, what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you, what you eating? 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 What you, what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? What you, what you eating? What you eating? What you eating? Welcome back to an all-time favorite segment, <laughs> What You Eaten. Andy, what we eaten this week? What we eaten? <laughs> what we eaten? <laughs> well, we decided to change up the format just a little bit so we could go and try new restaurants report back on those. Was there any logic behind the choice we made for our first new restaurant? No, not even a little bit. Okay. The first place we're doing is Jamaican Patty Company. Mm-hmm. Mm, Jamaican Patty Company. I'm not going to do a biography segment, so let's just get into our experiences. Jamaican Patty Company is located in the shopping center near the southwest corner of Campbell and Walnut Lawn. Just kind of a little hole-in-the-wall place. There's two tables and then two seats at a little bar against the wall. You have to know that it's there in order to go. There's no street visibility. It's very tucked away. How did you hear about it? I actually don't know who recommended it to me. I heard about it just shortly after it opened. Oh, yeah. And I've been there a couple times now. We had seen a YouTube video, I think, <laughs> about like uh, beef and cheese patties. Yeah. And their place in Jamaican culture. And like they're kind of popular in New York and uh-huh. some boroughs there. What is a patty? Let's get into that. The easiest description, although not like really servicing it very well, is a hot pocket. Yeah, kind of a little bit. It's similar to a Hot Pocket in that it's fried or baked dough wrapped around some kind of usually meat or sometimes vegetable filling and then kind of a half circle shape and one side is crimped and the other side puffs out. Yeah, they're really lovely. Yeah, it's a pastry. If you've been to London Calling, they have pasties, which I guess is the British version of basically the same dish. I'll probably get back to talking about London Calling again at some point in this review. So what did you get this time, Dan? What can you tell us about your experience? I'm pretty sure I've tried all their patties at this point. This time I went for the beef and cheese and I also went for the curry chicken. What did you have? Well, let me get into my overall experience first. I ate at a reasonable time for a human being (laughs) this time. (laughs) It was about six o'clock. I was on my way to see a movie at the Alamo Draft House, which honestly, I do that once or twice a week. So it's always nice to find a good place. I can have a cheap meal instead of an extremely expensive meal. Quick meal too. Music was a little loud for a dude with a hearing problem, which I don't know if our (laughs) listeners know, but I can hear in one ear and it makes it kind of hard to tell where different sounds are coming from if it's loud. So it was a little loud, which is not like a legitimate criticism. It's just not (laughs) optimal for (laughs) deaf boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I misheard the cashier. I thought he was telling me there were only two savory patties left. So I ordered one of each plus a plantain tart to go. So I wanted to have a little dessert later. I wound up with three savory patties because he definitely told me there were three, (laughs) which is a lot. So a beef, a beef and cheese, and a curry chicken. 
it was a pile of food. It was so much food, and it was only 11 bucks, which I was really yeah. struck by. I mean, I spent less than I did at Taylor's and got food I enjoyed much more yes. than I enjoyed Taylor's. I tried the beef patty first. The pasty texture was great, floury, but not at all bitter. Golden yellow, flaky, little crispy, firm enough to hold, but not hard to the touch. The meat inside seemed to have been finely ground and stewed with some spices. Had some heat to it, but a lot of flavor and the heat wasn't overpowering or anything like that. The consistency reminded me of, and I, I don't mean this as a negative at all, it reminded me of Taco Bell beef, but without that like chemical preservative taste. I mean, yeah. that's I kind of like that about Taco yeah, Bell when very, I eat it. very, very fine beef. Yeah. Uh-huh. Almost like an organic Taco mm-hmm. Bell. Almost liquidy. I'm making it sound gross. It wasn't. It was really good. Up next was the beef and cheese. Had the same basic flavor except, you know, with with cheese. <laughs> I liked it just as much, maybe a little more. And it was a little bit spicier, just a yeah. tad bit spicier. Yeah, a little spice I was, in there. I was into. Like, the way they handle spice at this restaurant is excellent. Last was the curry chicken, which you mentioned. Ugh. Tell me your feelings on the curry chicken first. I can definitely see how some people might have a textural problem sure. with the beef and cheese specifically. That curry chicken does not have that. Yes. The curry chicken is just chicken, vegetables. Do you have any idea what kind of vegetables go into there? I do not know what kind of vegetables. It's all kind of mixed together and <sighs> covered in that uh, curry sauce. And it's it's really fantastic. It is so good. The pastry is a little different. It's white, not yellow. It tasted Almost the same, but had a little bit crunchier texture, yes. which I really appreciated. I mean, just these, the nuances. Like, you can tell they really care about this, and they've paired the different types of pastry dough with the different types of meats very thoughtfully. I really, really loved it. I just keep saying I don't want to be repetitive, but I love this place. It kind of takes on, like, a pie crust quality yes. where they crimp it, especially on that uh, uh-huh. on that one specifically. I'm not too familiar with the different spices used by different cultures. I was kind of surprised to learn that curry was a Jamaican flavor because it's a flavor I typically associate with Indian restaurants. The chicken was high quality, had lots of flavor. It was juicy. This one reminded me a lot more of the London Calling pasties, except, you know, it was a third of the price. Wow. Um, I really like London Calling, but this made me wonder why they're so expensive. But it also made me realize why they are able to sustain three different locations and several yep. different trucks and have a bus and all that because <laughs> they have a high profit margin. No knock against them. More power to them. That's great. Fun thing that happened. Well, fun, maybe not the right <laughs> word. I ran into a former student, which almost never happens. And that was interesting. The mom was talking to me, even though her back was turned to me. She kept holding a conversation. <laughs> that was weird. Do you think you might be a ghost? We have a pretty common thread of like people not paying attention to you whenever you enter a room or (laughs) speaking to you without looking at you. I think you might be a ghost. Or it could be me projecting an inferiority (laughs) complex. Uh, I think that's probably a more likely Uh, scenario. (laughs) So keeping in mind that there was a student in the room, (laughs) the song overhead was Spanish reggae. There was a Part in the song where the students sang very clearly and loudly, and it was a it was a live recording, and they kind of did the thing where they slow everything down to address the crowd. And he goes, "Me gusta marijuana," <laughs> <laughs> which was so funny. We just we didn't acknowledge it. It was pretty cool. The first few times I went there, they just kind of had a wall of Shasta behind me, just very basic like Kmart soda. Yeah. This time they've definitely upgraded with more. Caribbean sodas. I oh. had a 
Ting, which was a, it said a grapefruit soda with oh, cool. real grapefruit from the Caribbean. It, it was delicious. It wasn't quite a fresca, a little more sour than that. They also had a pink grapefruit version of it. Uh, which I was really excited to see those. I love trying a little eclectic soda. And this, the all the sodas I saw up there this time were ones you couldn't get anywhere else, seemingly. That's awesome. I went there early on as well, and I'm pretty sure all they had at that time was bottled water. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I went there like the second week they were open. I read about it. I should have gotten to this earlier, but I read about it in the 417 Magazine Table Talk newsletter, which if you're not subscribed, this is an unpaid plug. I love that newsletter. Have you had the plantain tart there before? I've had no desserts there. I didn't really know that they had anything. Have you had a plantain before? I don't know that I actually ever had. Maybe a fried plantain once. Sure. It's similar to a banana in texture, obviously. They have the same, like very similar makeup. Sure. It's a little more bitter, not quite as much flavor. I love plantains as a component of a dish. I'm not a big fan of plantains on their own. The plantain patty was just as good as the savory patties. The filling was a little sweet, a little tart, but not overpowering. The amount of filling to the size of the crust was ideal. It's never like bursting out, which is really nice. The And it always has the structural integrity to where you can pretty much hold it up until the last bite uh-huh. and you're not getting filling all over you. Yes. Yes. I wish this place was downtown. I wish that they were open past 7 p.m., possibly into the a.m. I It would be such a great late night cheap snack Indeed. after a show or anything like that. I suspect word's going to catch on about this place, and maybe they'll move somewhere that's a little bit more convenient. I mean, I'm glad they're there. It seems like a good starting point because I bet rent is probably lower than it is at other places. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it seems like that would make sense. I did go back, and I hadn't intended to go back, but I saw that they're going to have a jerk wings and plantain oh, fries that sounds special. Good. However, I did go back on Saturday before Modest Mouse, because we record these early, <laughs> and they did not have that, but they did have, for the first time ever, just traditional jerk chicken with rice, Oh, and I ordered fried plantains with that as well. The jerk chicken was... Half a chicken sliced into six pieces, bone in. It arrived smoking hot just off the grill out back. I didn't, I, I asked him how they cooked it because I was wondering if it was a rotisserie or in the oven. He says, No, we have a grill out back. The meat was juicy, tender. It was delicious. It was a little gamey in places, but any kind of chicken just kind of depends, depends on whatever the provider brought that week. The skin was a deep, dark brown. It was almost blackened in some places it was a little blackened and it was lightly just very lightly seasoned with that jerk spice Mm. and man it was just a hint of that jerk flavor just a little bit of spiciness and just the amount of seasoning was perfect because it did not drown out the taste of the chicken and on top they drizzled a little ketchup which at first i thought was sriracha you know because it's a spicy dish but it was ketchup just drizzled over the top But it made sense once I tasted it, and it made even more sense once I talked to the owner and I learned that this is a legitimately authentic Jamaican street recipe. Hmm. So the rice that came with it was light and white, probably steamed or boiled, but it had just a slight sweetness, and it was wonderful when you mixed it with that moderate spice of the chicken. I mean, it was fantastic. 
So the, yeah, sweet plus chicken flavor mix, awesome. I got the fried plantains also, and I decided that they're just not for me. The They were just fried plantain slices with no seasoning or anything. They were firm, chewy, had minimal flavor, just just the slightest bit of bitterness to them. Like I said before, I like dishes with plantain, but usually they've been mashed and then blended with butter and sugar and then fried <laughs> to make them <laughs> awesome. So no knock against the place. I liked their other plantain dish a lot, but I just don't think I have the taste for straight plantain. Sure. The coleslaw that came with it was a little bland also, but it came with the meal. I'm not a big coleslaw fan either. Unless there's cheese involved. If there's cheese in the coleslaw, I'll eat it and enjoy it. But the patty co coleslaw was just standard, only lightly dressed, pretty bland. Talk about a good coleslaw. They've got a Stilton cheese coleslaw in London Calling that I really like. I, a cheese slaw? I cannot even picture cheese in my slaw. Unless like we're talking about the purple burrito well, fish melts, taco. It's like a melty. It's kind of melted usually and then refrigerated. So really? the cheese is kind of integrated into the whole dish yeah my my slaw i'm picturing just straight white mayonnaise just, just very <laughs> kind of soupy i i like slaw though yeah this slaw just had the just the lightest bit of mayonnaise it was not a very intense mayonnaise flavor it was just kind of just kind of there and that's yeah. fine i ate it all <laughs> if still if i could recommend one thing that we didn't talk about mm-hmm. today I think my personal favorite that I've ever had there was their veggie patty oh. it's very close to the chicken curry patty yeah. except without the chicken and you can barely tell it's missing. It's just a delicious vegetable-filled, fried patty, curry-flavored. I, I, just a lovely vegetarian option. I would bet it's vegan, although I don't know what I'm talking about. They have several vegan options. It's on the menu. The plantain tart is vegan, and I believe the veggie t- patty is vegan as well. So if you are vegan or interested in trying vegan items, this is a place to go for sure. If this is anywhere near your lunchtime commute especially... It, you can get out of there for probably three dollars yeah, and get have a patty. pretty a nice lunch you're going to be full for three or four hours get your workout in after work and be ready for dinner it's great yeah it's so lovely. one more thing to add this is a family restaurant it's a husband and wife and their two children are high school age when i went the son and daughter were there the first time and they were just making conversation and really nice people and then the father was there the next time. He was the nicest dude, just happy to talk about it. I yeah, almost I him told times. him what I was up to with this podcast because <laughs> I have a feeling he would have been down with it. But I'm not very good at talking to strangers, <laughs> so I didn't. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up the segment? Just go support Jamaican Patico. It's so good. Yeah, try them out. It's, it's a lovely flavor that we don't really have elsewhere here in town. And if you're scared of the spice, don't be scared. It's only moderate. No. It's not too much heat. You'll probably like it. All right, before we let you go for the day, real quick edition of Movie Meals. Halloween themed. <laughs> so I know that we initially said that Movie Meals would focus on new movies, but the one I wanted to talk about today is a movie I'm pretty sure almost nobody has seen. I've been watching the Friday the 13th movies. There's 12 of them? There's 12, including the remake. It's a slog. The one I was watching actually right before you showed up today, Dan, is Friday the 13th Part 9. Wow. Is that Jason Goes to Hell? <laughs> That's what it's called, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spare you the details, but this will suffice to illustrate exactly how ridiculous this series has gotten. This opens with Jason being gunned down by an FBI team <laughs> and being dismembered into many, many different pieces. And then uh, his soul comes out of his body via someone eating his heart. (laughs) 
and he takes someone else's he takes other people's bodies and those people kill people with jason inside them is his heart the movie meal we're discussing today <laughs> no but that's so good that would have been much funnier than what i'm going to tell you uh so it, people assume he's going to go back to camp crystal lake because they took him somewhere else after he'd been thoroughly dismembered and they hire this bounty hunter he's like an extreme bounty hunter who has such wealth that he's built this massive complex that he lives in his name's creighton duke <laughs> yes he's named after two colleges <laughs> creighton duke it's a good horror movie kind it's of bad guy name pretty good so he goes back to Camp Crystal Lake, assuming that's where Jason will be so he can track him down. And he goes to this diner, and I haven't finished the movie yet, but I assume it's who will wind up being the final girl, works at the diner, and she's his server. In the diner, they are attempting to capitalize on this whole you know, psychotic murder phenomenon by having a Jason-themed menu at their <laughs> diner. I kid you not. And so Creighton Duke, whenever she walks up, Whenever a server takes his order, he says, I'd like a Voorhees burger and a side of Jason fingers. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? Yeah, Jason's known for his fingers. <laughs> well, I assume it's supposed to be a play on chicken fingers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Voorhees burgers, like cheeseburger, and then Jason fingers, like chicken fingers. That's a strange order. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this. It's weird. Well, it's because they needed they needed them to say the pun. <laughs> I was thinking Voorhees fingers were just a, a lazy play on fries. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe I'm little tiny fingers. Too much credit. Dan, you like horror movies? I love them. Real quick, what makes a good horror movie, and what are your favorites? I really don't have a solid criteria for them. I do love the kind of late '80s practical effects and stuff of the thing. Mm. That's uh, definitely one of my absolute favorites. I love the gore in it. I also really like the uh, Evil Dead remake that yeah, came out a couple years ago. I don't know if I'd put it in like my top 10 or anything, but just to kind of champion one that I don't feel like gets talked about enough. Uh, it's solid. It's, such a, it's a great allegory for attempting to overcome addiction and how difficult that oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and awesome. then the, the literal raining blood sequence mm -hmm. at the end is just one of the cooler things I've seen done in a horror movie recently. Yeah. Um, I also really love Sinister, which just oh, came out that one. probably six or seven years ago, starring Ethan Hawke. Um, I, I love the conceit of it. I like the uh, kind of demon they've made up for it. And uh, I, I like everything about it. Pretty standard horror movie fair. Um, Ethan Hawke's in <laughs> yeah, a tight place. And he became a genre guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like either hardcore art movie or hardcore genre movie. That's that's what he does now. And I love it. I think it's such a cool career trajectory. I'm a big fan of Vincent D'Onofrio in that movie who appears only via computer screen to <laughs> just deliver exposition about the demon Bagul who is haunting Ethan Hawke's house. But yeah, if you haven't seen that one, I, it's a really great watch. Yeah. You know, I've been watching the Friday the 13th movies and I rewatched Halloween right before watching the new Halloween, which I really liked, by the way. That one's really good. The new one. I don't think I like horror movies that much. <laughs> I, the Friday the 13th movies are particularly just bad. They're I, so bad. Even There's, from the first one. The first Friday the 13th good. is not good. <laughs> there isn't a good Friday the 13th movie until part four. Really? Imagine getting that deep into your series. And then part four is really good. It's made well. It's the first one to have relatively high production values and to be competently produced and then six is really good too because it gets kind of meta and it's funny like the it was written and directed by a guy with a sense of humor which it kind of seems like the other directors or the writers did not have senses of humor or they had bad ones <laughs> <laughs> 
four and six are very fun. And there's always a couple good moments in the other ones. Most of them get really good around the last 10 or 15 minutes, but it's it's hardly worth the 75 minutes or 70 minutes that come before. <laughs> yeah, horror movies. Just thought we might throw that on at the end because Halloween's coming up. Anything else we need to talk about this week, Dan? Oh, I, I don't think so. I think that's about it. We went a little long this one. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we eating next week? Andy, we're eating at a little hole in the wall called Bambinos. Oh, I love Bambinos. Oops, I spoiled <laughs> my review. <laughs> this is our first request. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We discussed this a couple weeks ago. So the lesson here is that if you want us to review a particular restaurant, insult us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The more vile, the better. Go to the Springfield, Missouri subreddit. Look for the posts about the episodes. I don't call them Spring Food Mo. I usually have some allusion to the restaurant to try to get people to click on it and not realize it's a podcast. <laughs> some guy last time, he's uh, for the Purple Burrito episode, he said, hard pass. <laughs> he got, uh, last I checked, he had 28 downvotes. It's a comment you can't see. I was really proud of that. Hey, like, thanks, some dude listeners. insulted us and then some people <laughs> came to our defense so thank you local redditors that's pretty cool i'm sure that they were coming to our defense and not the <laughs> great <laughs> uh, cali mexican <laughs> burrito shop in town so again thanks everybody for listening please tell friends i think that what we're doing here is it's pretty fun and uh, there's probably a lot of people out there who would like it who haven't been able to find it yet so what is it 1647 people that's what we're looking for yeah yeah, and um, not a single listener past that. We're going to mm-hmm. have to start start asking people to unsubscribe if we get over that. Once we get to that point, if you listen to our show, you will be a one percenter. <laughs> 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 All right, so try some Bambinos next week. Follow us on Instagram. That's probably the best place. For whatever reason, that's the social media outlet that people have gravitated toward that in the Springfield, Missouri subreddit. So follow us there. Try some Bambinos. And we'll see you next week. Get on this content train, (laughs) y'all. Let him up. Let him bubble. Come and get me cheese slice. Lettuce, tomato. Hold not to manage as long as you can. Spring food coming real soon. Yeah, that's Andy's dance. Let it be. Without Jack and Darlene Two American kids running Taylor's Drive-In Funny story about Jack and Diane This is not the first time I've been involved somewhat in a parody version of it That was one of the first songs I ever learned to play on guitar For whatever reason, my teacher really love teaching old classic rock tracks (laughs) that his students had absolutely no interest in (laughs) i i have learned better you know i like fleetwood mac and all that stuff now that he was teaching me about anyway so that was one of the few songs i knew and i went to church camp with your middle brother i don't know if i could say his name or not oh travis travis okay so i (laughs) can't so travis uh he had a much more extensive classic rock knowledge than i did he knew that song and heard me like playing it and he started making up his own lyrics to it. Well, yeah, we're rockers through and through. <laughs> <laughs> but he turned it into a Christian rock song. And it was so awesome. I don't remember the whole thing. But the part I really remember was 
he changed. It's let the Bible belt come and save my soul. <laughs> if, you, if you can just imagine your brother just wailing at the top of his lungs being like, let the Bible come down and save your soul. <laughs> and this isn't just like a thing we were doing in the, in the, you know, cabin. <laughs> Once he'd worked it out, he wrote the whole thing. <laughs> and we went around the campus of Windermere church camp playing the song. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> oh man, you guys must have been really annoying. <laughs> oh, for certain. <laughs> Nothing has changed. 